Hello, humans! It's me, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio on lovely AM 950, talking to you from the bunker. <laughs> I am just thrilled, absolutely thrilled to be here with you. Uh, welcome back, okay? And boy, do we have a great show. Let me just tell you. The big interview is with Marissa Held Nordling, who is the owner of Little Ruse in Chaska, Minnesota. That's the Charles Boutique, uh, where last Saturday, and I, I've been talking about that, last Saturday was Drag Story Time. And you will not, I, I mean, you will love this interview with Marissa. Just trust me, it will warm your heart, okay? And so, yeah, and, and I'll, uh, and on, in the C block, I'm going to, talk with you about what happened that day when I, what my involvement was um, at Little Ruse, okay? Um, so you're going to get that, all right? But here in our A block, all right, let us begin with our featured idealist of the week. He is just a totally ordinary person. I mean, totally ordinary, who posted an extraordinary TikTok video earlier this month. The, man, the man's name is James Eric Barlow. And apparently he and his son, Mikey, who I'm going to guess was nine, is nine or 10 years old, had stopped at the landmark truck stop in Clyde, Texas, okay, which is located just east of Abilene, Texas. As you will hear in a moment, um, as they were entering the truck stop, there was a woman behind them and uh, for whom uh, uh, Barlow held open the door. And he didn't notice at first, but then he did notice that this woman was transgender. And, um, and then after that, after they got done in the truck stop, he f they, went, they were in his car because they were still parked there. You could see the truck stop behind them. And he felt the need to immediately share about his experience in meeting this transgender woman. So in a second, uh, Brett is going to play that video. But first, let me set the scene, Okay. Um, now, uh, for those of you who are online, you're going to be able to see uh, behind me a picture of James Barlow, okay? For those of you who are just simply by podcast and you're just hearing my voice, you don't get any visuals, here's the story. The scene is set with uh, James Barlow in the front seat of, of a vehicle. And I'm going to guess he's late 30s, maybe early 40s, um, and he's bald with a uh, not-so-full mustache and a long five to six inches goatee. So think Fu Manchu, okay? Um, and you know, frankly, he looks like what you would expect for somebody in central Texas. I mean, somebody that you might call a redneck. I mean, he's sitting there, you know, um, in a blue T-shirt, okay? And, and, and uh, everyone, you know the way that I operate, the redneck word, phrase, I'm just using to make a point, okay? I, I don't like to group and label people. I like to believe in humans. And in the, in the video, so James Barlow, he's seated in the front of the, the vehicle, and behind him is his son, Mikey, okay, who is drinking an energy drink of some kind, and Mikey pipes in every once in a while in this video, okay? So you have James speaking into the camera at various points, Mikey throwing in his two cents worth every every few seconds okay and we're going to we're going to play that video now okay and then i'm going to come back after the video and i'm going to tie some things into what he what this idealist and i have no idea whether 
he even thought about how this might change the world. But I'm going to tie in some things afterwards. I think that you will find what James Barlow has to say touching. Okay, go ahead, Brett. We all know that there's people that are disgusted whenever they see a trans person. And we all know of the people who don't care if they see a trans person. But apparently, we're a third type of person. Or at least I am. I can't speak for him. I am too. See, we just kind of had our first uh, experience with the trans woman. See, she walked in behind us. And I opened the door for her just as I would anybody. But and I didn't think twice about who she was. Then I noticed, wait a second, that's a trans woman. When I tell you how happy it made me. I'm getting emotional now. To be able to see somebody be out and open to the world. Here, small town Texas. You just gotta know how much bravery that takes. Right, Mikey? Hell yeah! I wanted to say something to her, but then I realized I'd probably look weird, you know, smiling at a stranger. But if you're a trans woman and you came here to the landmark truck stop in Clyde, Texas, just know... We're proud of you. Right, Mikey? Yep. I told you you would like what James Barlow had to say, right? You know, those last words, just know we're proud of you. Incredible. (laughs) I mean... That would be the last thing most of us would expect from someone who looks like James Barlow in rural Texas. But my dear humans, (laughs) it goes to show that you never know about someone. You don't. I mean, certainly you can't group and label them based on their appearance or geography. Now you know why I use the phrase redneck. The video also reinforces something that you've heard from me say, I don't know, a million times maybe, that the vast majority of humans, vast majority, remember, 98%, have good, empathetic hearts. We do. Just that many of us are afraid of what we don't understand or know. But not James Barlow, obviously, not afraid at all. And so he talked about courage by the trans woman. Let's think about the courage uh, that James Barlow has, had, continues to have, I'm sure, by posting that TikTok video. Because you can imagine he's got buds in his area, in his life, who saw the video. You can imagine, he did not strike me as not a smart guy, that he knew posting that video that some people were going to react negatively to it. But yet he did it. He did. 
And then lastly, think of what James Barlow was teaching his son Mikey in that moment. The idea that humans come in all varieties and that they should be accepted and allowed to live as themselves. How (laughs) – what an incredible concept, you know? But instilling that in your child, I – Mikey, you know, I I dare say Mikey's not going to forget that moment and what his dad taught him. I'm going to guess that James Barlow doesn't think of himself as an idealist. It doesn't matter. What he did, that less than two-minute video, is I mean, it's, it's gone viral. It continues to go viral. If you get my newsletter, The Ripple, which won't be out until August because I've taken July off, I'll, the video will be in there. I'm going to guess that it doesn't matter that he's not an – he might not think he's an idealist. It doesn't matter. What he's, what he's done, his actions are helping to change the world for the better. I guarantee you that. Guarantee it. Look at me. I'm here talking with you about it. And see, I've told you, okay, compassion and kindness are incredibly powerful. I mean, that's what we just heard, an example of compassion and kindness, loving kindness even. And acting with compassion and kindness is far more, it is, far more powerful than hate. It is. Guarantee it. He proved it. And in the interview coming up with Marissa from Little Ruse, you're going to be reminded again of the power of compassion and kindness. So, there you go. Our featured idealist, James Barlow, Clyde, Texas, and his son, Mikey. We'll throw him in there, too. Okay, all right, that takes care of our A block. Um, When I come back, um, we'll be speaking with Marissa from Little Ruse. You're going to love this interview. I mean, get ready. You want to be quiet. You want to be in a place where you can listen to the entire interview. You will love Marissa and what she has to say. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug at Ellie 2.0 Radio, a unique radio show and podcast that's about the goodness of humans in the world. What an incredible idea. All right, we'll be back in a moment. I look at you when I see nothing. And we're back. LD2.0 Radio uh, and the lovely AM950. How are you all? Okay. All right. I told you the big interview. I know I, you're going to love this big interview because um, it is with none other than Marissa Held Nordling, who is the co-owner of Little Ruse. Uh, audience members, you know, okay, you know about uh, Little Ruse and uh, their drag story time last week. And I wanted to have Marissa on because, Marissa, I, I just absolutely need for my audience to hear firsthand from you, the architect of, of last Saturday. Uh, so welcome to LE 2.0 Radio. Marissa, 
Tell us first, will you, about Little Ruse, okay, so we can kind of set the stage, set the foundation. You know, when, you know, when did you start the business? You own it with your husband, right? And, you know, you, at one time you were all online and then you went, li- then you went to a brick-and-mortar brick and store. So give us a little bit of the story. Yeah, so I'm just going to correct you a little bit. So I am the owner. Well, ah. My husband is amazing and everything. He is a, a good support system. But uh, I'm the one steering the ship with everything. Okay. All right. (laughs) So we started when Brad was traveling. My husband was traveling for work in the oil fields. And I had two new babies, 16 months apart. So I'm a crazy person like that. And I started YouTubing how to make my own bows because just with finances and everything else going on, it just wasn't reasonable for me to be going out and buying tons of bows, being a stay-at-home mom and such. So I YouTubed all these videos. Where were you living at the time, Marissa? In Chaska. Okay. All this is in Chaska, yeah. So I YouTubed all these bow videos, and I taught myself how to make them, and I put them on Facebook Lives, and all my friends were like, this is amazing, and they kept buying them, and it grew more and more, and... Our bedroom downstairs, our guest bedroom slowly turned into a bow workshop. And then more people started coming in to help me produce everything. And then it just got a little crazy when COVID hit to have all these people in and out of my house because we were doing such a high volume with online sales at that point. And we did find a little historic building in downtown Chaska that we moved our production into. But when we were down there, people kept walking in on our production thinking that we were a retail store. And I was like, no, 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 this is just production. But then eventually I caved and started to add some retail sections. Then um, a year ago, we just grew to the point where we had to leave that historic building. And we landed in North Chaska here in the Chaska Commons and just expanded our retail about five times the amount. So now we have toys, books, games, plus all of our handmade bows and clothing. Well, and and listeners, um, first of all, you got to, You've got to love this store because, Marissa, you've got the front end where you have your retail. But on the other side of a wall, you've got your production and you've got people that have uh, sewing machines. You have all kinds of cloth. I mean, it's made in America. It's, you know, the old fashioned made in America. But the story that you just related is the story of America. It's the story of American entrepreneurism, of capitalism. You know, and I'm just so thrilled. And we should also let people know, okay, you've got this total online presence right now. And if you walk into your store, you have behind, you know, the counter, you have a counter, an actual counter (laughs) that you can literally stand there and watch as the numbers change on the number of sales online. Am I am I right about that? Yeah, so we started mostly online. Like I said, COVID, it really took off for us. Um, I was manually entering invoices, and it got to the point where we ended up getting a website. So most of our stuff, besides the fun little local things that we have in our store, can be found on our website, which is our main source. We ship around 200 packages out of our store a week all over the U.S. and to Canada, and we've shipped to the U.K. We ship all over the place, and we do wholesale, too, to other small boutiques. So that little counter was gifted to me by my online um, my online team, my uh, social media managers, yep. so that we could have it in the store because people would walk in all the time 
wondering where all, our, where all our stuff is. And I'm like, well, half of it's going to online orders. So now we have our little counter and people just think it's so cool. They're like, what's that noise? Yeah. And I'm like, that's another order. What's the, what's the number today? Oh, the number today. Let me see. It changed because when I write orders down, we rolled over. We're at uh, 70,311 orders okay. um, since we started our website three years ago. Okay. And I was there last week and you were in the 69 thousand yes. <laughs> uh, orders. So you've gotten, sounds like almost thousand orders in a week. So, you know, unbelievable. Uh, oh, and we should do this website just so people can find you. Okay. And then we're going to get into last, last Saturday, but if people want to check out little ruse, where do they go? Yeah. Our website is www.littlerusemn.com. And it's L I T T L E R O O S, right? Like little kangaroo, yes. right? MN, like Minnesota. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. All right. So now, Marissa, all right, let's talk about last Saturday. So last Saturday was uh, drag story time. We brought you brought in um, uh, Dobbs, who uh, is a drag performer and and goes by the name of Ms. Ms. Diagnosis. Okay. Let get, get tell the audience a little bit how this all evolved. I mean, you do a calendar, you you do readings in your store regularly. You know, you have story time. You bring in the kids um, and their parents. And so, what two months ago, three months ago, you decided, well, we're gonna you you were doing your calendar for upcoming events, and then you threw in this drag thing. And tell us about that. Yeah, so we do tons of free events here. Typically, we have a reading on a Thursday or a Saturday, but then we also do fun free events like bubble chalk parties, freezies and face paint. As a mom with two little kids, I like to get out of the house. And if it's something that's free, that's just even more amazing bonus. That's where I want to go. So we have the space. I thought, why not start doing these free events? We added our story time series this summer once school got out. And I have I had received a couple comments because we did princess story time throughout the winter from people asking, are we going to do anything besides princesses? And that really got me thinking what else is out there besides local authors. And when I Googled it, venues and libraries came up saying that they were doing drag story times. And I mentioned it to one of my employees who has a child within the LGBTQ community. And she said, I know somebody And that's how I connected with Dobbs, who is a Chaska native here. And I thought it was just a great addition to our summer storytime lineup series. And then you know the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, so am I, am I correct, Marissa, that, that um, when you, you threw that into the lineup, you, you really didn't understand how drag had become such a flashpoint um, in America. Am, Am I right about that? Correct. Yes, I am not a huge news media follower myself with two kids and the business. It takes most of my time. And I would say I'm definitely in a very accepting circle of friends and employees and just the people that we keep around us to the point where we knew we'd have a couple comments, but no way did I expect somebody, multiple people to be coming into the store yelling at us. And I was just very confused because this wasn't something that was abnormal. This wasn't something that I thought was different in our lives. You know, Marissa, I've just got to tell you right now, 
because I looked over at my producer, Brett, and he knows what I'm going to say. You're, you're just melting my heart, woman. Okay. <laughs> no, you are, you know, and, yeah. and, and we are friends and, and we've gotten to know each other through this process. But Marissa, you just, you just have the greatest of intentions. Okay. You know, and I just, I just want to tell you that it makes all the difference in the world. Okay. It really does. Mm-hmm. And so that's what got me in trouble. (laughs) Well, yes and no. Okay, so let's continue with the chronology, though. So this goes up on your website about, you know, upcoming events and all of that stuff. And then you start getting, as you said, some people coming into the store with some very negative comments. In particular, tell us about the one who came in that you were quick to video, you know, quick to throw on the phone um, that went viral. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, the event went up kind of on a Wednesday with all of our other authors that were going to be in the month, the end of June, beginning of July. And about five days later, we kind of started getting a little heat online. My social media managers were like, why are these people making these comments? And then this lady ended up coming into the store. But prior to that, I had had some people reach out to me saying, hey, People get a little heated about this. Just make sure you have your phone on yourself in case any interactions do happen. So I do keep my phone with me just for the safety of the fact I have my children here in the store with me almost every day. Employees bring their children to work because we're that work environment that you don't have childcare, not a big deal. Just bring them to work. My kids are here too. So we like to keep our phones on us and we happened um, to see this lady coming in all hot and heated you know they have a certain walk about them wearing sun <laughs> wearing sunglasses we might know wearing sunglasses aviator aviator style <laughs> sunglasses okay go on and i was on the production side and i kind of heard a raised voice and i turned my phone on and i walked around the corner um because we did have another customer in the store at that time that was being helped and i stood at the front counter and i just kind of recorded the interaction just in case it did go one step further, but she said what she needed to say. And then she went uh, on her way. Well, she, thre- well, she, she accused you of essentially, um, um, child abuse by having the, uh, th- this is my phraseology. Okay. Um, by having the drag performance and then she, th- you know, she threatened to go to the, she told you it was illegal. She threatened to go to the Chaska city, you know, authorities because, you know, you couldn't, do performance in your store. I mean, it was a very, and then she said she was a lawyer, like, you know, that, that she like acted as if she knew everything and, you know, and then she did, you know, she said that. And, and so that, that video, you know, started to circulate. Okay. And that's how I got involved because I, I found out because of that video and some other friends, they told me about what was coming up for, for, for your store. And that's when I reached out to you and we started to communicate. Um, yeah. and, and the first time I met you, there were a, a couple of other people who you didn't know who had come to help uh, support you. And it turned out one of those knew a whole lot about technology, you know, and, and uh, I don't know what that was. And then one of us, you know, I, you know, I helped you, you know, with, um, I gave you some tips about how to talk with the media and things like that. And so then as we, you know, and as, you know, and then you started getting some new newspaper requests and then some media requests. And then as we got closer to last Saturday, um, things started to heat up, right? Yes. 
it got a little crazy around here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it got crazy, but but then the, the number of of supporters that you had, okay, the number of people who wanted to come and help, that increased as well, right? Are you there, Marissa? Yes, I would say we just I'm here. Okay, keep going. Can All you right. Hear me? Yep. I'm moving away from construction happening next door. But yes, we had tons of people start to reach out at that point and really just sit and say. I'm loving that you're you're walking. I love it that you're walking through the store because everybody online can see how wonderful your store is. No. And so. Sorry. We had lots of people reach out and just say, how can we support you? What is something that we can do? And just a huge community outpouring of people saying, I want to help this cause and really just show up for us. That's what happened when everything started to go viral. Right. And I mean, and we, you know, we, we got somebody who knew about how to deal with crowds, who was incredibly helpful about security, you know, and, and so we get to, so, you, you know, and I know that you were stressing out, you know, people were trying to yeah. give you as much emotional support as possible. Um, but then we get to the day. OK. And, and I was there at eight o'clock. You I think you got there at six in the morning, you know, but I, yeah, was, I was here super early. I did not sleep. <laughs> OK, well, I, I got there at eight and I think I was the first volunteer to be there. But but but, you know, it started out. The volunteers all showed up. And we anticipated, okay, we you anticipated that there were going to be protesters that were going to come. In anticipation of that, you had checked with the you know the the owner of the property who made it clear that the protesters could not be on the property of the of the of the mall, the strip mall, um, that they needed to be on the sidewalk. Did some strategic positioning of U-Haul trucks between yes. your store and the sidewalk. And then the day started, right? So tell us about the day. Let me remember it. <laughs> I keep telling people I go, I felt like it was kind of my wedding day, you know, when you, everybody just has so much love for you. Everybody wants to see you. And it was, it's just like a, such a positive blur. That's kind of what it felt like that day. There's just like so many happy people there. So the day started around 10 is when the protesters came in, but they were quickly put to public land, which would be the sidewalk and our U-Hauls that were donated to us um, by volunteers did block that. If you uh, didn't know they were on the other side, you couldn't tell when you're at the event because we had a lot of music. We had glitter everywhere. I'm still (laughs) cleaning out of everything here. Um, glitter on the kids, chalk everywhere. We had pieces of paper up where you could leave positive notes. And altogether, the story time lasted maybe 15, 20 minutes, but people definitely hung out for 45 minutes after and 45 minutes before just talking to each other, spreading love and positivity. And just the whole event, I don't think could have gone any better because we did have the most amazing volunteers and the most amazing team. And it was awesome. Well, well, and, and you, you know, your store is not all that big, but you were no. able, but you were able to fit in on both sides because you position Ms. at diagnosis at the kind of the apex of your both sides of your of your store 
And I mean, you, it was, you know, filled. I mean, there just no, there was no space. Of course you complied with the fire code. Um, but you know, but, but it was, and everybody was so well behaved, right? I mean, you know, the, other than the protesters, okay, there were no, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were no issues of any kind with anyone. Nope, we had no issues. And when I read the reports, it was amazing. No injuries, um, no arrests, no citations. All the kids seemed pretty happy, <laughs> which is a bonus. And during the story time, misdiagnosis just engaged them so oh. well. It was such a great reading. If you watch the live, I believe it's up on our YouTube still, if you do want to go back. Just an amazing performance with reading and engaging and self-love and affirmation. And it was, it was just so positive. And then she had her own little tent outside where you, people could go. There was like a line of people wanting to stand and get their picture taken with her. And, and then you had Christopher and I'm not recalling his name, but the author of a child's book that is very LGBTQ friendly, he was selling books. He was selling what manatees or whatever the, the animal. So yeah, Christopher Straub is his name. He is a dad in Chaska, part of the LGBTQ community also. And he sold out of his books that day. He's become a really good friend of ours. He brings in, he has three books total and he has his uh, inside out critters too. So we've known Christopher for a while and I asked him, I'm like, Hey, you need to come in and do a story time reading. Like your book is so popular. And he goes, I don't, I don't want to do that, but I'll do signatures. And so when I sat down with Ms. Diagnosis to discuss books, that's one that, um, happened to be brought up that yeah. we both knew of. So I checked with Christopher and I said, Hey, can we do this? this your book during the story time and he said absolutely and then i'm like well can you come do signatures so it was yep uh amazing experience when i'm sitting here yelling book line this way photo line that way <laughs> because it was equally as popular people wanted photos and people wanted well, books and it just makes it so great that he sold out it was yeah amazing well but but also okay i mean you had 300 people there. I mean, this is not like, you know, there are only 20 or 30 people who were directing. I mean, the place was packed, you know, the sidewalks into the parking lot. I mean, it was just not, not that any vehicles were being barricaded. Okay. But it was, you know, it was just uh, amazing. So Marissa, here's the, here's the question for you. Okay. How did this change you? In what way going forward, do you think that this has has impacted you as a human? I would say the main way would be for myself, everybody wants to help, but you don't ever think that what you do can make a difference or what you do could change anybody's narrative. And so many people don't do things or don't show up or follow through because they're concerned about the outcome. For me, I feel like this just really showed if you do something and you stick to it, you can help be the change. You can change a narrative. You can give somebody an opportunity that they never knew that they could have before. Being a small business owner, I mean, I put our family, business, everything on the line, but you know what? That's okay because this fight's not going away. Things aren't going to change until people start standing up. And I don't want my kids to be in a world where in the future 10 years that they would ever have to fight this battle. So the biggest thing is if you speak up, it does 
matter. It does affect people. Being quiet is not going to change anything. People have to start taking a stand. So, you know, I told you to prep and prep for this show. I always ask my guests if they're an idealist, you know, somebody who's positively working to make, you know, actively working to make positive change in the world. Do you do you think of yourself as an idealist? Definitely. Definitely. I want to work towards building and creating something better. I want to stand up. So. Okay, so now my heart just totally burst. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm like working on not crying. I cried like five times on Saturday. Well, so I'm like <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm tearing I gotta tell you, I'm tearing up. I um you know, I I just admire you greatly. You know, I, I I know that you took a risk. I know that it was emotion I mean, it was so palpable how emotional this was for you coming up to that day. Um, and, 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 you know, on your husband and, and, you know, and, and, and the, and some of the people at your, your team members, but, but Marissa, what you did. Okay. I mean, there were more people at your event than the, at Chaska pride a couple of weeks before there's no hands down. Cause I was at both events. Um, but what you did, you did is you changed Chaska. I'm just here to tell you that. Okay. You set the precedent for how it could work. You set the precedent that allowed, gave agency to people who could just come out because there were, there were just a bunch of people that don't even have kids. They just came, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just want to, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I just want to thank you. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I just absolutely want to thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. I wouldn't change a single thing about any way that this went. Okay. To the point, let's do it again in a little while. <laughs> yeah, give, <laughs> I need me, a rest. <laughs> yeah, give you a little breather. All right. Well, listen, uh, Marissa, I am really thrilled that you have been on my show and I'm really grateful for your time. Um, and I wish you the very best. Okay. And just go forward. And I just wish you great financial success, okay, because you took some risks, and I hope that people just keep coming. I mean, you're my, you know, my children's boutique now, for sure, (laughs) okay? All right, so thanks for being on Illy 2.0 Radio. Thank you for having me. All right, that's great. All right, well, listeners, we've been speaking with Marissa Held Nordling, who is the owner, the sole owner of Little of Little Ruse in Chaska, Minnesota. Check out her check out her store, go online, buy some bows and uh, just support her because we need people like Marissa right now, really badly. Okay, take care Marissa. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone, we'll be back um, in a moment for me to do the C-Block. I'm going to talk to you about my role that day last Saturday at Little Ruse and tell you about how that impacted me. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio. If you like what you hear, visit my, visit my website at elliekrug.com. We'll be back in a sec. We're back. Ellie 2.0 Radio. Okay. Marissa. Held Nordling. You know, 
I have one one phrase for other than idealist. Hero. She's a hero. She, you 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 heard her talking about the risks, and let me just tell you. I mean, I can firsthand attest to how she was stressing out over it. But you know, I kept reassuring her. Other kept, people kept reassuring her. She'd get through it. That'd be all right. But what a hero! And so let me share a little bit about my role that day. Okay, so I did. I got there at eight o'clock. I was the first volunteer there. Not that that's anybody great. It's just I'm neurotic. Um, and, um, and you know, we got other volunteers came and we started, you know, putting up the stanchions and, and you know, and signs and all kinds of – did all kinds of stuff to get the place ready. And then people started coming, you know. I mean we started the, – the story time was going to take place at I believe 10 o'clock – or maybe no, it was eleven o'clock. It was going to take place, uh, but people started coming at nine, nine thirty. You know, with the, some with kids, some with the strollers. You know, all that kind of stuff. But some just adults coming all on their own. And what my role was? My role was uh, I was teamed with a, another woman. She had the phone with the camera. I had a lapel mic connected to that camera, and my role was to go out and talk to people as we live streamed across the world. And that's exactly what we did. And at first it was kind of awkward. And then though, she and I both got into it. It was like baseball commentary. I'd go up to people, I'd say, you know, hey, can I, you know, would you, can I ask you why you're here? You're being live streamed across the world. Not one single person refused to talk to us, okay? You know, and, and so we got, what did we hear? And what did we hear? We heard from Person after person after person after person, we're here to support. We're here to support the store. We're here to support LGBTQ people. You know, I heard from some people. I've got somebody who's LGBTQ in my family. You know, all of that stuff. But we're here to support. We're here to show our love. You know, and in between this, um, uh, Jody was the name of the person with the camera. We're doing color commentary. Oh, it's a beautiful day here. Look at, can you see this, the, the clouds? And oh, look at the colors over there, Jody. They, they, get the camera, get a good view of that. I mean, it was, it was so much fun. I had no idea I'd have fun at this event. It was. And the only wrinkle about all of it, the only wrinkle was as Jody and I were gearing up, you know, starting to interview people. We looked at over across the parking lot, this vast parking lot, it's a strip mall, okay? Over across the parking lot, and if you're familiar with where this is, um, emanating from where Home Depot is, um, comes this group of 20 or so ragtag, and that's the only phrase I can use, proud boys with their signs and their bullhorns. And when I say ragtag, you know, usually the Proud Boys are all like in the same colored chinos. They've got the same tan colored uh, gator mask because, of course, they don't want to show their faces because, of course, they're, I don't know, they're proud, but not that proud. You know, and they usually all have the same hats and the sunglasses. Well, this was a ragtag crowd. Okay, they were not, they all had, the, they all had masks, trust me. But and some of them had proud boy shirts. Some of them had they they kind of look like you know um, the you know totally inferior version of the proud boys. And I'm making fun about that. But as they were coming across the parking lot, you know, with these signs and and you know this is you know 
I watched. And you know, I would ordinarily have been afraid. But I wasn't there at that moment. And you know why I wasn't afraid? Because there were so many people. So many people standing, opposing them. So many people around me. They're like, oh, forget this stuff. Leave that, you know, get out of here, you know, kind of thing. And, and I wasn't afraid because I was among people who cared about me and my community and who I was certain would protect me. You know, and the Proud Boys came. There was a little bit of interaction, but not a whole lot. Okay, we got some really great training. There was a woman there named Darcy who knew all – she knew her stuff about how to deal with these situations. She was going around, don't engage with them, don't engage with them. Everybody listened. Eventually, um, they would not – the Proud Boys would not move away from the store even though the store owner had specifically specified nobody – you know, there could be no protests on his private property. Um, Proud Boys didn't take our word for it. Eventually, the – Chaska police got there after some delay. I don't understand that entirely why, but they got there and they, you know, they got the protesters off to the sidewalk. But as you heard Marissa say, we had strategically parked some big U-Haul trucks in between the sidewalk and the store and put up a big, you know, big uh, rainbow flag between the two trucks. I mean, you'd never know that, as Marissa said, that anybody was on the other side of the trucks protesting. And so that was incredible, okay? And that was my very first experience with the Proud Boys. It was. Um, I'm, who knows if it'll be my last? I don't know, okay? But I will tell you this, okay? It was an incredible experience to be there. I will not forget that day for the rest of my life. I won't. And what... what I mean, we, we talked to people who drove from South Dakota to come to Little Ruse, to be, just to be supportive. That's all. They didn't have kids. Two older people. They were in their 60s. You know, and I and, – and this is the way – it has, as I told Marissa, it has, it has changed Chaska. No more can the narrative be. No more. We've got proof of it, that it's a town, that it's a, in a county that doesn't care, that is, that is biased, that's discriminatory. No more. That story's over. There's a new story that we wrote last Saturday at Little Roos. Okay, I got to wrap it up. Brett, my producer, has done a great job for us. You, my audience, I, you know, I hardly looked at you here. My audience, thank you for tuning in all the time. Please, this is a unique show. Let people know about it. Spread the word about it. Let's get this show, like, you know, platinum level in terms of listen- listenership, okay? I would love for that. And most of all, between now, I'm giving you these examples. I'm showing you how to do it. Between now and the next time you hear my voice, do me a favor. Go out and do something, even a small thing, to help make the world better. Will you? Compassion and kindness. Pretty darn powerful. Ellie Krug, Ellie 2.0 Radio, over and out. Yeah.